and gentlemen, let's hear it for a guy who looks like vegan Fabio, Michael Regilio. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Bill. And joining us today is comedian and guy who thinks ukuleles are cool, Ronnie Pascal. Ronnie, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, I do want to quickly say I don't think it's vegan Fabio. I think you're more like Surf Cobain. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. 2,000 pounds of meth were seized outside of Los Angeles this week. So not only is Hollywood suffering from not being able to shoot movies, now they can't even write screenplays. That also explains this monologue. It also feels like it's a bit meth actor. <laughs> Princeton University has agreed to award nearly $1 million in back pay to female professors following allegations of pay discrimination. Princeton apologized for the gender, gender discrimination and hopes the female professors don't spend it all on shoes. Making you a hashtag, Michael, right now. Making you a hashtag. <laughs> the largest bomb from World War II was found in Polish waters this week, and it was still live. A Polish bomb squad attempted to, def to defuse it, but failed. The squad was understaffed due to one Polish officer falling out of a tree while rake, raking leaves. Another Polish officer had a toilet seat fall on his neck while getting a drink of water. And 100 Polish officers were unavailable because they were all changing a single light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> Machu Picchu was reopened this week for one Japanese tourist who went to visit the site in March and has been waiting outside of the park ever since. Upon finally entering the ancient ruins, the Japanese man said, Hey, there aren't any Pokemons here. In Russia, a Soyuz rocket carrying two cosmonauts and one American astronaut made the trip from Earth to the International Space, Space Station in record time, just three hours and three minutes, also known as one half of a Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> French President Emmanuel Macron is requiring a curfew of the citizens of Paris and eight other cities. All citizens must be inside, inside from 2100 hours to 600 hours. Many Trump supporters heard the news and asked, 2,100 hours? How the hell long is a day in France? <laughs> uh, is it safe to say Trump supporters do not lose this news? Bill, you got it. You got it. The nurse who spoke oh. at the Republican National Convention was arrested this week for pulling out a gun and shooting a woman, thus fulfilling her agreement with the Trump campaign. Take one suburban woman out for me. Plus, this completes the list. Now everyone who spoke at the RNC is officially a criminal. C-SPAN's political editor Steve Scully has been suspended from the network after admitting he lied about his Twitter account being hacked. <laughs> suspended? That's basically a paid vacation. If C-SPAN wants to punish him, they should make him watch C-SPAN. <laughs> Michael, I feel like you say your Twitter got hacked every time you tweet a bad joke. <laughs> no, I just delete all my bad jokes, Roddy. They it's all right. Only 300 people saw it. <laughs> oh boy. Republicans are upset that Twitter and Facebook are shutting down a questionable story about Hunter Biden's emails. I mean, 
What's with conservatives and bullshit email stories? This is like some band trying to rewrite their one hit song over and over again. I'm beginning to see that Republicans aren't like Nazis. They're like Nickelback. <laughs> the United States Supreme Court has added to their rulings about counting. In the 2000 presidential election, they said, stop counting the votes. In 2020, they've now ruled on our country's census and have said, stop counting the people. <laughs> if Trump wins a second term, I'm guessing in 2024, they will say, stop counting the years. <laughs> This week, Rudy Giuliani told Trump supporters, people don't die of COVID anymore. <laughs> he might be right. He's been dead for over a thousand years. <laughs> the CDC is cautioning people to avoid Thanksgiving events in person for fear of spreading the deadly virus to vulnerable populations. <laughs> Let's not reenact the first Thanksgiving here, people. <laughs> Joe Biden held a town hall on ABC tonight in place of the canceled presidential debate. At the last minute, Trump weaseled his way onto NBC for his own bratty town hall, which aired at the same time as Biden's. Trump is like the spoiled rich kid who didn't get invited to the birthday party, and now he's holding his own birthday party. My party's got a bouncy house. Who wants to go in the bounce house with me, Ivanka? Bounce house? <laughs> I feel like he's the comedian who's not getting booked on shows, so he like does his own bar shows at the same time. Yeah, or he's the comedian who's not getting booked on shows, so he started a monologue show on Zoom. <laughs> 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 Donald Trump continues his own brand of TikTok videos, dancing at a rally to the village people. Everyone is making the joke that he's grave dancing, but I think it's more com comparable to say he's pole dancing. He's trying to get people to throw money at him because everyone knows his campaign is broke. <laughs> Speaking of TikTok, teenagers on TikTok have once again come together and launched a campaign to encourage everyone to stream tonight's ABC Biden Town Hall on every device they have. So Biden crushes Trump in the only thing Trump cares about, ratings. I think it's interesting that Trump used to run Miss Teen USA, and now USA Teens are running Trump out of office. Nice. We'll be right back. This Halloween, don't waste your time at a cheesy fake house of horrors where actors pretend to be scary. Come to an actual House of Horrors at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. No, that's not Halloween makeup. That's Stephen Miller. That's not a fake vampire. It's Rudy Giuliani. That evil laugh you hear? That's Mitch McConnell. No broomstick needed. Kellyanne Conway is a witch that rides coattails. Is that Lurch? No, wait, it's Jared Kushner. And there's a pumpkin head in charge of them all. Just when you think it's over, you'll exit into a crowd scarier than a sea of zombies. An actual Trump rally. And the scariest part is it could last another four years. And we're back. Wow. Okay, so the town halls were 
they were nice, but there was there was no there there. So I guess the real news of the week continues to be Amy Coney Barrett's nomination process. I honestly, this is apropos of nothing. It doesn't matter. But honestly, she one of those days she was wearing a dress so close to the Handmaid's dress from the television show that I thought she was trolling us. It was like, lady, terrible choice of dress. But she actually was a handmaid in that People of Prayer organization. Her title was Handmaid. And she, she clearly has these far right wing views, which by the way, as somebody who grew up Catholic, I didn't really know that there were people that were that Catholic. <laughs> she, They're not all CNE Catholics. Yeah, I mean, my dad was actually in, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, I can't, Opus Dei. So, I mean, I witnessed far, far right Catholicism, but nothing like this. Ronnie, what, what's your takeaway from this week of... Uh, yeah, I also grew up Catholic. Uh, I went to Catholic school for nine years, but we didn't talk about religion ever, I don't think, in that entire nine years. We never, like, opened a Bible. So to, like, see people like this having these, like, like big, strong religious feelings, I'm just like, oh, man, I don't remember the Bible ever talking about, like, hating, hating women, hating people of color. And so it just hurts my feelings to, like, see, like, there are half our country loves this person right uh, like a high like 40 to 50 percent of the country think that she's a good fit and it's just like really upsetting of like how did i miss that how like it's not about her more more it's, for me it's more about how did i miss an entire culture of people that love this yeah it's interesting so matthew i found the most interesting thing about uh the coney barrett hearings are the things she wouldn't say she kind of waffled on uh, a peaceful transfer of power, mind blown that, that she would have that stance. And she, 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 again, she kept saying, you know, I would have to see the details of any specifics of a case before I could uh, tell you how I'd rule on it. Specifically talking about how she would rule if this very election were brought before her. I think Trump already knows. He already asked her in a private meeting, how are you going to rule? Uh, is this incredibly dangerous? Is, are, we, are we really in this moment when the Supreme Court is getting ready to hand the election to the loser again? I think it is troubling because when it comes to election law, I think a lot of this stuff isn't settled in the Constitution. So what do you fall back on? You fall back on partisanship and ideology. So I think there is real reason to be concerned. As to her not answering the questions, anyone who tries to get onto the Supreme Court, regardless of whatever your judicial philosophy is, is you have a massive incentive not to answer questions honestly because you don't want to be bored. Everybody is going to try to answer it as, you know, they're going to give the rote answer, you know, I'll follow the Constitution, yes, no. They're going to give them as little as possible to go against. I think Kagan did a similar thing when she was going for the court. So, yes, there is reason to be troubled, but it's also this is what Senate confirmation hearings are, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, Bill, these a lot of these justices the, the way they fall on the constitution is that the constitution is you're either an originalist and that we go with the original intent of the constitution or that the constitution is a living breathing document i, I think one of those positions in my opinion you can't there's no there there you can't get there with it because it's 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 rife with contradictions where do you fall on that do you think that people should follow the Constitution as it was written, or do you think that the Constitution was written to be changed and amended and always always being looked at through the eyes of a modern person? Well, isn't the fact that there are amendments, the whole, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a living, breathing thing, in my opinion. Yeah, Ronnie? It just, yeah. I mean, there are how many amendments, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
So one thing you, you mentioned earlier about finding out if, if, if Amy Coney Barrett was going to rule in Trump's favor should he lose the election is actually an answer to a question I've been having. Why do they care so much about appointing her before the election? Or I guess they don't think they're going to win. Oh, they don't think they're going to win. They could make everybody happy and wait until after the election if they were confident in a victory. Absolutely. In fact, that's how they won last time. Mitch McConnell left the seat open, and then they 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 ran the election on it. They a vote for Trump is a vote for this this seat on the Supreme Court. But this time around, they want to get her in as soon as possible, and they're going to get her in as soon as possible. Here's the one thing I think that liberals, you shouldn't be kept up at night about this. If Biden is way ahead and it's like Reagan Carter in 1980, the Supreme Court's not going to come in and swoop and decide it for Trump. The danger is if Trump is ahead or it's close on election night, then that's when all this legal chicanery can come in. So, you know, just to give yourself a little bit, um, I don't know if that makes you feel better, but, you know, it's not, in my opinion, I don't know if it's as dire. It's still not good, but it's maybe not as dire as some people think. I think it's more dire. I think you just gave a case to make it more dire. We literally have to win by a landslide in order to win. We can't just win a fair fight. I think if, I think if you're up on election day, I think it will still be fine. I think it's if you're behind. I mean, look, what I don't know. It's, it's tough to next, say. What if you're, okay, let's say worst case scenario, you're behind, but when all the votes come in, it turns out you've squeaked it out, you won. We lose in that scenario, right? Yeah. Because of Trump and the Republicans in that scenario, even if we legally win, I mean, electoral college win, mm. we lose in that scenario. We have to have a landslide. This is crazy town that we're living in. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. However, I think if it is, as long as it's not like Bush, Gore, Florida, like 940 votes, I don't know. I, I just think the margin has to be very close. I think maybe it's not as tight or as big where this court decides it. But hey, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being un irrationally optimistic and, and having faith in the other side where I shouldn't. Yeah, you definitely are. Um, I would say that it's interesting you brought up Bush v. Gore. Did you know that Amy Coney Barrett worked for the Bush team in Florida and made the argument that the mail-in ballots should count, not just the mail-in ballots, but the Republican Party went in and filled out parts of uh, invalidated ballots for George W. Bush, for people who had not, and filled them out. And then Amy Coney Barrett was on uh, Baker's team where they made the argument that you should count these mail-in ballots. And now she is going to go into the Supreme Court, and we already know that she's going to rule that you should not count the mail-in ballots. Should that hypocrisy alone that she's already made a ruling in one direction, not a ruling because she wasn't a judge at this time, but made an argument in one direction on this. Doesn't this hypocrisy scare you? Anyone? Yes, it scares me. I like, think about it. Today, it was said that California had, what, one million mail-in val uh, ballots counted already. Uh, so all that gets invalidated because what? And just yeah. like, these are people that voted and they can't really get out of their house because there's a pandemic happening right now. So mm -hmm. the logical, reasonable way to vote right now is mail-in ballot. I did a poll on my Twitter. I know this doesn't really count, but like, how are you voting? And something like 48% of people said that they're voting via mail-in ballot. And I imagine that number's pretty close to what like the rest of the country is, right? So, uh, and like California, Florida, Texas, these are big states that already have a million people per state that have voted via mail-in ballot. And these are important states like Florida and Texas are kind of up for grabs, right? Or like close to California is probably going to stay blue. Texas kind of might be in the running. Florida, I don't know about Florida so much, but these are all states that like 
it's a lot of people that those are a lot of electoral votes and we need to count those votes. Yeah, and we can already see the groundwork being done. People uh, might remember that Donald Trump asked his, his supporters to vote twice. He said, do the mail-in thing and then show up, see if you can vote twice. Now, I don't think he wanted those two, he wants those two votes. What he wants to do is create the narrative that the mail-in ballots can't be counted. Look, all these people voted twice, which vote can we count? the in-person vote, which is where the Republicans get you because they're going to go out. They're not afraid of the pandemic. They're going to go out. They're going to do the in-person thing. Democrats are taking the CDC's warning seriously. They're going to do the mail-in. So he's already setting up a narrative in which he can argue the mail-in ballots shouldn't count. And he's going to be able to argue it because he asked his supporters to commit voter fraud. <sighs> Anyone optimistic? Uh, like, All right, but Ronnie, let me ask you that. Do you, do you think it's just going to be a landslide? Do you think Biden's just going to take it in a landslide and on election night we're going to know and it's over and all the networks call it and it's done? Uh, I am very cautiously optimistic, but I was also optimistic four years ago. So uh, I don't know. I'm trying to not get excited about it because I'm reading all of the polls, like the Nate Silver stuff and the Quinnipiac poll and everything's like Biden is up by 10 and 12 points. And I'm just like, is he though? Yeah, I know it's scary. But the one thing I will point out is that I read that was very interesting is that <clears throat> although the margin is the same as Clinton had against Trump, uh, Clinton uh, was very often 47 to 40 via uh, against Trump in a few states, whereas Cl Biden is over 50%. And once you break that 50% threshold, so it's 51, 45, Biden, Trump in a lot of states. But once you break the 50% threshold, it's kind of all over. You, he, the, 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 the gap can't be closed. Or the gap can be closed, but if you can keep that margin, you're going to take the state. Have you heard this, Matthew? Does that make sense to you? No, I've, I haven't heard that specific thing about polling, but this is why I'm optimistic. Uh, Biden still has that 12-point lead. Clinton and Trump contracted to about 5%. And according to Steve Karnacki from MSNBC, who's very good about this, if Trump can get it to that, then he has a puncher's chance of winning. If it's still around 10, 12% on election day, he'll probably be safe. The reason I'm not optimistic is, is the polling from Wisconsin is looking eerily similar to how it did in 2016. Now, the mistake that we might make is we undercounted um, white working class voters in 2016, but we might be undercounting minority voters this time. So that's another reason why I'm optimistic. There's a lot of more progressive people who would have never voted for Clinton in 2016 who are voting for Biden. I have avowed Marxists who say they're voting for Biden. So that's another reason why I'm more optimistic. Yeah. And I'd just like to point out right on brand, Matthew Brandon Robinson just told us why he's not optimistic and he is optimistic. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill, are you optimistic? I am. I just wonder how many popular votes you need to win by it's, to, get, to get elected. Yeah, I mean... Three million lost last year last time right yeah was it three or four million yeah, it was three million trump won by negative three million votes crazy yeah, so what's the what's the number we need well the more interesting question is how like many win by two kind of thing like what yeah. the hell's... how many pop or how many popular votes can you win can you lose by can you get four million than the other guy and still lose i've heard you can we're running low on time, so uh, I want to thank Ronnie. Ronnie, uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, uh, I spend way too much time on Twitter, at Ronnie Pascale. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Actually, don't go on Facebook. I don't want you looking at me on Facebook. But 
Everywhere else, totally fine. Yeah, and you have a show called Roast Yourself, which you do. Yeah, every Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube Live, I have a show called Roast Yourself. There's some games, and when comedians lose, they got to roast themselves. An embarrassing picture of themselves, not their actual self anymore. Sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> kind of gentler. <laughs> where, where can we find you, Matthew? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find my character, comedian Matthew Robinson, at comedyalpha187 at Instagram. And Bill, I always say yours for you because you're kind of hard to hear. So it's Bill Avayu, B-I-L-L-A-V-A-Y-O-U on the Twitters. You can find me at MichaelRegilioComedy.com. Thank you. Bill, play us out. <laughs>